0: Up next on Inside the SECA, flagging on the world stage. Welcome to Inside the SECA. I'm Brian Belansky. We are here talking about flagging and communications all over the world. Oh. Uh, we had a guest who we were going to have on this weekend, Nicole Havajra. She's a little under the weather, so she called me yesterday and said, uh, "Actually, sent me an email because she had no voice." I said, "Brian, can you can we can we do this at another time?" And I said, "Sure." I'm not going to make you come on when you can't talk. Kind of defeats the purpose of a podcast. So I punted, and I remembered that it's Lama this weekend in Canada in a couple of weeks, and we have a bunch of SCCA racers who go to those things. So I put the call out. To find some racers to join me on the podcast tonight. And uh, this is who I came up with, folks, a superstar rock star panel uh here with me. Uh so one of these guys is a longtime friend who I absolutely love to death. Uh that's the guy on uh I guess it would be on the left if you're looking at the T V. Uh that's Dave Sue. The other guy I'm sure is a guy I'm gonna I'm gonna love, but I've never met Chris before. Chris Bacola. Did I get it right, Chris? Yes, he did. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Dave's from the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, Chris, uh, Skokie, Illinois, right? Yeah, Chicago region. Okay, Chicago region. I, I, I was born in Chicago, spent a little time in Arlington Heights, grew up in Lake Geneva. Your home track is my home track, Road America, and Black Hawk Farms. That's where I uh, spent my childhood. Uh, those same places. Here. Those places will never be the same. I'm sorry to all of the people I tormented as a youth. Um Not that I would ever do anything bad or anything, so. but anyway. (laughs) Uh, Dave, we want to start the show um, with a bit of a tribute, um, and uh, we lost a a flagger who a lot of people know and love uh, yesterday or the day before, and um, I did not have the opportunity to get a chance to get to know Jim, uh, but I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about him, and we're going to dedicate tonight's show to him. Thanks,
1: Brian. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to dedicate tonight's show to Jim Crider, uh, longtime flagger, former driver. Uh, I believe Jim competed in autocross, eventually got a comp license, ran I think, ITA for a bit, uh, but is really best known as a, a volunteer. Uh, he'd been a longtime Detroit region member. And uh, when he moved to Texas, uh, took up with Houston and Lone Star regions down there, and uh, unfortunately, Jim uh, was diagnosed with colon cancer uh, several years back. And um, you know, being the engineer that he is, he immediately set about to developing a, a very scientific battle plan with the best experts in the area. And he is in a medical expert-rich area. Uh, but he fought a good fight, um, and eventually, it, it uh, got him. Yet yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but most recently, Jim was a uh, sector chief for the Formula One U.S. stops in uh, Texas and Miami and uh, made sure he, he was there last month making the rounds, yep. making sure the troops were well taken care of. So this he's, is for Jim.
0: He's one of those guys who I heard a lot about um, over the years and um, never had a chance to get to know him. So um, I'm, uh, I am disappointed in that. Uh, but for those of you who did know Jim, uh, I just want to extend my, uh, my condolences from everyone here at the Inside the SCCA family. And uh, we're going to do this one for Jim tonight, and uh, we'll have him in the back of our thoughts. And I'm sure, as everyone goes to Canada, um, I know he enjoyed Formula One a lot. Um, we'll, uh, I'm sure there'll be toasts. Uh, raised to Jim uh, in a couple of weeks up in Montreal. so all right let's um let's get to it. Um, we uh, I put the call out this morning and uh, these two guys jumped right in. I also had a couple of people who are actually at LaMa try to join us uh, Kiki and Trevor and um, both of them made the you know made the reach out and I said, um, it's gonna be like three o'clock in the morning when we do this. And I know they're planning to stay up all night, probably on Saturday night. But this was not part of their sleep schedule. Yeah. So, um, but they're all having a good time, and uh, they extend their best wishes to all of us. And uh, they're they're at Lamont getting ready to do their thing. Um, but I wanted to talk about this for a couple of reasons. One, it's, I'm sure you, you both have great stories to tell and uh, to tell us about kind of what it's like to be there. But um. um the other is um, to kind of talk about the process of how to get to some of these international races and why it's important to, to be an SCCA member and be trained by the SCCA when it comes to, to getting an invite to do this. Um, so let's start with a story because that's the fun part. Um, let's get each of you to give me your best story or one of your stories about uh, going to Le Mans. Chris, have you done F1 also? Yes, I have. Okay, so we've got F1 and Le Mans stories. Let's start with Le Mans stories because that's this weekend. Chris, why don't you give us uh, – t- tell us a little bit about one of one of your experiences there.
2: Oh, I mean, for Le Mans – I mean, uh, we'll, we'll keep this PG, I guess. It's um,
0: uh, Just the three of us. Nobody's yeah, watching.
2: Um, <laughs> no, for Le Mans – I mean, honestly, it's hard to remember the stories, but I guess one of my biggest stories is um, remembering uh, we uh, the first year I went was in 2010 – as part of a three-month backpacking trip, I actually did it. I included doing a British touring car race and the Nürburgring 24 hours also. And um, we just got off shift, and we're sitting down, eating, because um, you, you, you stay on site. Uh, your post is like literally the camp is like your post. Right. Um, and my turn is a Mulsanne corner. So we have the town of Mulsanne right behind us, which is great. Little shopping center right there the most amazing bakery ever. I'm just missing that. I was actually supposed to try to go to Lamar this year, but I had to back out just due to various reasons and stuff, you know, on the race car and other things. Sure. But, um, so we sit down to have like a little short dinner and everything. Cause we did the first shift of the race and you know, how things were going and sit down, get our suits tied around our waist and everything. And, um, eating a little bit. And I just hear a whistle from our, from the, from the Chef the Post of that time, and I just see flames shooting over the Armco <laughs> as this car just goes flying by, and it's one of the um GT1 Ford GTs that is just engulfed in flames, and so we hear the whistle, we get up, and we start I running are, towards running that, and um, and um it was very interesting because they're already trying to fight it, and actually, it was uh, the all-female team, and she actually pulled against the barrier, like the perfect spot. The problem is she had to get out the passenger side.
0: Uh Uh-oh, yeah. The
2: car was just smoke and everything. And on TV, you're like, where's the driver? Where's the driver? And you see her actually pop out. And by the time we get there, we're doing things. Um, They're fighting the fire in the back. I actually run out to the front, pull the pin, uh, you know, the external pin for the extinguisher. And we're fighting that. And then I deal with her because she's almost like going into shock. And the funny thing about that is that the medical car arrived and all that stuff. And then wanted to drive away that they had her. And I actually had to stop in front of them and almost got run over saying, um, no, you're taking her with you. Like, what are you doing? So um, it's a a little bit of a different world over there, but that's kind of one of the stories that comes to mind most and everything. So with Lamar.
0: Yeah, because with as long as that track is, Dave, you can go a long ways and spend maybe even the whole 24 hours to have nothing happen really by you, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm at a spot where nothing ever happens. It's no
0: way. Micro covers the uh, the
1: uh, Michelin chicane, which uh, did it get renamed this year? I I, I don't remember, but it's the second chicane on the Mulsanne. Yeah, so you know, to a large extent, um, since it's effectively a straightaway coming in there, we we don't. Uh, um, it, it's a very strange thing to Blue Flag Le Mans because, um, given the length of the track, you would think. Uh, surely there must be a bazillion cars out there, but, uh, you know, there are only about 60 entries. So right. it's not that much larger than when we used to do a 12-hour at Summit Point, except instead of a two-mile track, you've got an almost eight-and-a-half-mile track. So, uh, you know, if you play your cards right and you get good at reading headlights, you can see them pop over the rise at Tour de Rouge and kind of disappear into the first chicane and look at your watch and say, I can sit down for a while and just kind of <laughs> read the lights when they show up down here. Sure. Uh, because I've already, I've
0: got time to get it all sorted out. So, it's, uh, yeah. so, so for those who've never been there, there's a big difference in the actual flags, right?
2: Well, um, for one, they're massive, right? I mean, like from holding it at chest level, it touches the ground.
0: And how do you wave that, or do you not?
1: Dave, I definitely take that. do. Yeah, yeah, you must definitely do. I mean, the, the flags, you know, the rules for FIA flagging are pretty similar. They're, they're mostly compatible with what we do here. Uh, the blue looks a little different because, you know, there is no stripe and there's this this kind of this nice sky blue color instead of the usual dark blue that we get in the U.S. Uh, but, you know, the the main difference is we wave everything and it's... And so for the yellows, there is no standing. We just have a single yellow or double yellow. The place where it really is different is uh, the signboards. We have a lot of signboards to have to deal with because uh, uh, the series has different ways of neutralizing a race. and uh, and uh, some of them are really elaborate and involve a countdown and coordination between multiple posts and things that we've never seen in, in club racing here. But it's the same job. We're looking for the same things. Sure. We just use slightly different signal.
0: So, do they use communicators who are really familiar with how they do things, to then tell y'all what to do with the flags?
1: Uh, we are not directed. Um, if you are flagging, Lamont, you are expected to be good enough to know
0: what you are doing. Sure. Okay. So,
1: you uh, said we're, that we're the procedures really... were
0: a little bit different and the between, coordinating between corners and stuff.
1: Yeah, certainly for slow zones. Um, okay, you know, at, at eight and a half miles, if you were to just go full course, yellow, and this is you know controversy this year because they've sort of taken a page out of the IMSA playbook sure. and are are trying to do if if they put a safety car out, they're trying to do a single safety car restart. But Le Mans has other options. They've they've done a uh, developed a procedure where they can neutralize sections of the course, and uh, the course is now. Uh, segmented quite differently from the old post-numbering system. Sure, uh, But predefined sectors can be declared a slow zone, and while cars are in that zone, they're on the pit limit. So it's right. kind of like working in a parking lot. Uh, you've got some traffic circulating, but it's at a very easy to read, very easy to avoid speed, and, and honestly a speed where the drivers have all sorts of options for paying attention out there. Right, um, but to to get those up and down fairly, uh, there are countdowns involved, and there's a, a one forewarning sector where there is no passing, and the cars have that that length of track to get their ducks in a row.
0: Right. So for for those who are familiar here in the states, now we have two Formula One races. There's Canada, um, soon to be three Formula One races with with Vegas coming on board this year. Um, So I I would venture to guess that a lot of our marshals probably have some experience flagging F1 here in the States. Um, Compare, and that's a little different than what we do here in the SCCA, Um, just like IndyCar is a little different, IMS is a little bit different. Um, But for those with the F1 experience, Chris, can you tell us how things are different between F1 and the way they do it at Le Mans? Um...
2: Yeah, I mean, well, it, it's honestly kind of similar to a degree. It's more of um, administration and procedural and just how the way the race control communicates and stuff with things. Um, I honestly find that Le Mans is actually a harder event to, to do than Formula One. Formula One is, I kind of treat it as any other race. Like, I don't treat any race bigger than another race. Um, yeah, the intensity is there, but I always try to treat it like the same way that anything can happen, stuff will happen, and that stuff. Because if you let your guard down at times, too, you know, people can get hurt, and you also make mistakes. But, um, I mean, it's very, it's very very similar. The flag rules are the same and stuff, too. It's just like um, the one part is communicating and identifying cars, because with F1, reading their numbers is next to impossible. Right. So I remember, like, the one year at Austin, it was, like, trying to, how do you identify the car? It was, like, by the camera, Uh, coloring was like red bull yellow or something like that and that was kind of like the one big standout versus you know the identification at Le Mans um at Le Mans also it's like my post is like with Monson Corner, we're the lead station so we're right after the hump that got shaved down after the um Mercedes went flying
0: yeah I remember that
2: so you have like two seconds to get a blue flag on you um, to get a car and but it's also is that your yellow you're the yellow flag for that post so you have a radio on to help with Mosan corner and you try to remind them that yeah English speaker on right now <laughs> that lasts for maybe a very short amount of time then you having to know your French colors sometimes you know there's always someone with another radio but you know when it's three in the morning and people have done another shift or something you know you have to be on top but um With F1, they've taken a lot more of the uh, autonomy away from us and stuff, sometimes with, like, the blue flagging and certain things. Um, I think, like, for F1, for Miami, they did more of an automated um, blue flag. Uh, Wasn't that correct this year, Dave, than having the Marshals do it? Um, It's also for F1, like, we follow F1 style, even with the ones here, is that, like, your position is your position. So if you're the yellow flagger, you're the yellow flagger. You're the blue flagger. You're the blue flagger. You know, you don't do a rotation unless maybe for support events and stuff. At Le Mans, um, each post is actually different of how it's run, too. That's the thing, too. It's like each little individual city, um, even how you do your meals and everything else, too, it's all different depending on where you're at and how your chef, the post, a.k.a. your captain, runs things. So that's also the unique perspective about that, too, is that, you know, Dave's Corner could be completely different of how they do a rotation, how they do things, um, like how, you know, Trevor today, he was telling me how his, he's pretty much off today. And then they're rotating people in. Um, when I did it, we had like, um, it used to be four sessions. They were all qualifying sessions for the first practice. So it's like, we took the morning shift. They took the afternoon. Then the next day we reversed. And then for race day, we did, you know, we went through the normal shift. Right. But with Le Mans, it's a lot more autonomy than Formula One. And Formula One, I mean, there are a lot of egos. I mean, sadly, it's no. the world stage, and it's like, we are <laughs> the biggest, we are the best and everything. So that, that gets pressed upon you sure. a lot sure. more than Lamar and Lamar. is also very much of the people. there are also very honored that you come over there to work your their race and everything. Um, I, the hospitality and just the, the locals has been amazing. I mean, like the one bakery is saying we get a discount as being marshals. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's like two years. I already third. like it. I mean, it's two euros for a coffee and and a, and the chocolate croissants and everything. I mean, um, your credentials get you like got you into like the circle of like the tech where all the drivers are and everything else, and all the fans on the outside.
0: Right.
2: Um, like they actually this year, this is the first year they did a parade for them as part as the marshals to help celebrate the start of the Le Mans week. I mean, what other
1: event does that?
0: Yeah. So Dave, yeah, that's a we... very yeah. Oh, go Good. ahead.
1: Now, I was going to say the 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 cultural difference is is pretty stark, and not just because, you know, we're talking about a sprint race in the case of F1, Uh, a long sprint versus an endurance race for everybody. Uh, You know, F1 is very shiny. It's very latest and greatest. Uh, The frustration people have with, you know, taking away the blue flags from the station is uh, in part because they feel that they've, you know, uh, advanced their timing technology to the point where... When they automate the blues, it can be a different blue at different parts of so the, the course. And but the key thing is there's a car number that goes with it. So the you know, instead of trying to make eye contact, the driver can read their number. Um, Le Mans, though, is very traditional, very French, and that and that really varies from, from post to post. Mine, and and I'm told this is no longer the case in most of them, but you know, after having done this for a hundred years. Uh, my post, the post chief role is still hereditary. It's one of the last ones where it is. So the current post chief is, I think the fourth generation of his family to hold that role. Wow. That's cool. Um, he says he would have retired out of that a few years back, except his, uh, his son was still a bit too young at the time, but he's still hopeful because uh, his branch of the family doesn't even live in Le anymore. They've they moved away to uh, Alsace years ago, so he comes back just for this event. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's very different. We we have uh, we rotate. My crew is uh, actually covers two posts, and we have an in between response point for the inside of the chicane. Right. So, so um, if yeah.
0: you if you guys go back now, you're not there this year. Let's say you both go back next year. Do you still end up going to the same corner? that you did the year before, or even if it was five years before, do you kind of, you find your home and after you keep going it's, back to home?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a, a well-defined sort of, uh, uh, when you're in, it's at the discretion of that post chief. Okay. You know? So if they want you back, then they'll say something a little bit nicer. And if they don't want you back, they're very polite in a dismissive sort of way. Uh, you could certainly apply to another post, but generally it's the same family year after year. And, and, and it is an amazing site. I mean, some of these posts have, you know, six or seven different nationalities in four or five different languages that come together because, you know, it, it's a huge undertaking. We're, we're talking 1500 marshals to put on that
0: event. That's crazy. We have a hard yeah, time. And it's sometimes also, sometimes it's getting... also
2: changed a little bit with the digital age too, about how you sign up and everything too. And actually, now you can sometimes move like there's our people. Like, if you have friends at other posts, are all like, Come, come join us for a year or something, and things too. And it's kind of frowned upon, but you can do it a little bit more than before. And even how you got to your post was kind of people vouching for you, sure, and to a degree. So, when I signed up, I did not know where I was going to be. Actually, it, they used to mail the stuff to us, and it arrived here. By the time you're already there and also <laughs> i had already been over there for over a month had doing the Nurburgring, green and so i i get on the tram with you know because i've been backpacking so i had my tent my uh, a single layer suit with me all my corner working gear along with my civilian clothes that i have yeah. and they're like what where are you you know a commissar and everything and it's like oh oh yes come this way and yeah registration and they're like well where are you they're like I have no idea where I'm going and everything. I just have like a copy of the letter that I got taken picture of at home and then sent to me. And then just also just my approval ACUS letter. Right. And um, they tell me where I'm at. And I'm like, oh, you're all the way down my son. Okay, well, I guess I should try to find the bus or start walking. I mean, sadly, I've had to do that a few times because the bus didn't run. And they give you a ride right there. And I show up and there's guys from Sendiv. And I'm like, really? I came all the (laughs) way here. And I got, and I got, and I got you, Bob and Eric. Oh, this is lovely. You know? So Uh, that's, that was my end to that post without me even knowing. And I think they kind of enjoyed um, keeping that surprise from me.
0: So, so I I get the impression that because both F1 and Lamont are different animals from each other and from what we do in the SCCA, not everybody loves doing this. You have to kind of accept the whole spiel, the way it goes at both places, and kind of learn to assimilate how they do things. And if that's your cup of tea, great. And if it's not, then maybe you just stick to being an SCCA flagger, right?
1: I mean, there's a series for everyone. Sure. You know, <laughs> we, we, just because we're accustomed to dealing with circuit racing on pavement doesn't mean that, uh, you know, even it, whether it's inside or outside SCCA, you know, that ticket opens a lot of doors. Right. So, uh so, you, you know, I, I just happen to really enjoy F1 yeah. and even more so endurance racing.
0: Sure. Yeah. So I heard the word ACUS and approvals. Now we're going to get into a little bit of minutiae here. Okay. Um, because you can't just show up at Le Mans at, and, and register the day of the event. Right. There's no, And it's the same for kind of F1. No. There's, there's some stuff you got to do. Um, what's the process? Let's start with Le Mans. What's the process if I want to if I still had my national license and maybe do I even need a national license? What, what's the process for me, flagger Brian from Cal club, California, if I want to go flag at Lamar.
1: That's a good question. And uh, you started with, with an important prerequisite, which is that license, you know, um, in the U S it's actually the divisional license that's considered the journeyman grade. Um, The national license indicates, you know, you've taken that extra step of responsibility for developing your fellow flaggers for recruiting and for doing administrative tasks. Uh, but at, at the top level of world championships, they really want experts. You know, we, we can't make mistakes there. The consequences are uh, seen com- by millions. Competition. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, 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 it really is the world stage, right? As, as, as Brian said. So um Say you've earned a national license, you, you've, you've learned, you've practiced, you've traveled um, throughout the SCCA. Uh, the first step for an F1 is find out who the organizer is and where they're organizing. Um, and in the case of Le Mans, it's, um, it's a little trickier than that because you, you sort of need a letter of introduction. You need a personal connection to a crew that, that you're going to try to apply to. Um, the items you're going to need, of course, are your, your license, but you're also going to need a permission to travel. And this is, you know, true, uh, reciprocally for foreign marshals who want to come to the States or come to another FIA event, not in their own country. They need a permission letter from their, uh, their country's FIA, uh, organization, or which in the U S is ACUS, right. uh, and ACUS will issue you a letter, uh, if you are eligible saying, we know of no reason why this person uh, should not be permitted to. And SCCA, being the license-issuing organization, they typically check with us. And in, in fact, sometimes uh, Topeka uh, issues that letter right. uh, on your behalf. But you, you need to present that with, you to, to show, with your license to show, yes, right. I'm, I, I've been approved. I'm not going to embarrass my country by performing <laughs> at your race.
0: And, and for those who might not know, uh, ACUS is NASCAR is a member, IndyCar is a member, IMSA, USAC, SCCA. Um, it's, it's a, and NHRA NH- yeah, it's That's right, and NHRA. So um, that's the only way you can be a part of these types of international things is if you're a member of one of those six organizations and your organization vouches for you if you want to go and play, right?
1: That's right. Um, you know, and, and for the, the type of marshalling we do, the issuing agencies really are, uh, SCCA and USAC. And, right. And the IMSA uses SCCA
0: flaggers. Right. And, and so forth. And so does IndyCar. Yep, yep. Absolutely. So, so is it, um, are you required to have a national license or can you get over on an, on an, on a divisional? You're not strictly required to
1: have one, but I think your odds of being accepted without one are pretty slim. Got it. Okay. Um, Realize that, you know, the other candidates are uh, people who have qualified at a comparable level in their own country. So it's it's uh, it's an opportunity to work with some of the best flaggers in the world. Right.
2: I actually went over on with a divisional um, at the time I was younger and stuff and also as with having to staff Road America. Sometimes a lot of the events you don't have the amount of people to do to do captain's training at times, too, which made it really hard to get a national. And we were very adamant about being able to be captaining to get a national. So that was kind of like my little wiggle room that I had with there, too. Um, there are some people with divisionals who have gone over, too, that I have heard about. But, um, you know, that's also time. You know, that's not just like I'm going to do my first year and go. Right. You yeah. know, kind of thing. We want you to be able to, you know, have your experience, you know, put your head there. Because, especially at Le Mans, things happen fast. They happen so fast. Um, like at, at Dave's post on the on Le song right before the chicane, you know, I mean, you look back at the 80s clips with the Group C era and just what things happened there. Um, my post with the flying Mercedes, you know, it's just there's not a lot of wiggle room and there's not a lot of ability. So you want to be able to know that, you know, you're the best. You're there, too. And also, is, we respond two over there um now it's a little more strict when fia came in with um and wc really came in um before it was um at most corner um they used to have what we called the crossing they'd have a group on the outside at the roundabout standing they had a group on the inside and one person would be on the hill he would signal and you would have this mass crossing <laughs> of like 30 marshals <laughs> um they don't do that anymore they really don't let us cross track anymore sadly which is Quite a shame. So uh, because my post actually got moved to inside of Mulsanne, which I'm not a fan of that spot. I actually loved my outside post. Also, you had access to the grocery store and the bakery, like I said, during the 24 <laughs> hours. Um, trust me, that that the food is just amazing. Uh, I'm sorry, so, it's had my best burger of my life in the town of Monsanto. I know it sounds insane, but it's true. Um, and so like you you I've run out on the middle of the track in, in the night, and you know, I was expecting the post above before and after to doing things. And when my captain in French said, you can go, I ran out, grabbed this entire wheel, came back. You know, I couldn't see anything really. I just knew where it was. And I got there and um, you'll see at times too, it, like with certain accidents, they're standing on the side of the road flagging with the yellow flag to like kind of even make that slow even more when you're doing that. So you literally almost could hit the cars with
1: your flag. So, so, so
0: Kiki sent me a note today. So is that the gazelle position? that she was referring to about running out and grabbing something to run him back.
2: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And we, yeah. you know, we have a, that's a title we give to a certain friend of ours too, who comes over from Holland, you know? So, <laughs> and he's, he's definitely earned that title. Cause he's hard to keep up to with his long legs. Got it. But, um, got it. but yeah, Maurice so they don't let everything. the short
0: round guy like me, who's got 26 foot inch inch inseam, make that sprint to the other side of the track and come back. Right. Well, well I mean, sometimes
2: it. it's just the middle. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: that's I'm good. not judging. I mean, if, if you're fast, you're fast. Uh, I, I mean, don't... it is
2: it is a road. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. It is a two-lane road. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of, you know, what you have. And then you have the shoulders and stuff. So, I mean, it's not like some of these parts of it are not like these massive areas. Like with that one where you have your track. And then you have like a million miles of runoff area before the barriers. There are parts of that now like in the more permanent sections from like Porsche curve to, you know, the end of the Dunlop S's, but the rest of it, it is road, right? which is, right. makes it so cool. I mean, they literally at Monson corner, take the stripe that divides the road. They'll take it out and they'll put it back down every morning and everything <laughs> too. When they do the barriers, literally they're putting lines in and lines out. It is, it's awesome. It's just,
0: yeah, it's hard to explain. So, so for F one here in the states, Dave, it's um, is a good place to start is the region in that area, right? So I'm guessing it's Lone Star region coordinates the flaggers for F one at, at Coda, right? And is it Central Florida now, or is it South Florida region for for Miami?
1: Well, there's actually a bit of a traveling circus in the U S. Um... Because, you know, when, once they've started to cultivate some experience in organizing an event at that level, you kind of want to keep the momentum going and bring it to new events. Okay. Uh, I would not be surprised if down the road we see some of those roles shift to more local folks. But, you know, we're, we're in a very unusual period. We have two absolutely first-rate new temporary circuits being put up. Right. This doesn't happen all the time in F1. I mean, uh, the and, and I'm going to discount going back to that, you know, era of the 80s where it was kind of, well, who can you write a contract with sure. this year? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, the, the, the need for expertise is going to be regional. Travel is expensive. Yeah. And, you know, we're still volunteers. They're, they're not paying to move uh, 400 marshals to the next event. So, sure, sure. Um, you know. Everyone's got vacation pressures and budget pressures. And so you're going to have to pick and choose. But, uh, you know, one of the things I'm working on is a project for SCCA because we have Vegas coming up to try to get some more FIA experience out on the West Coast. So, uh, you know, we are intentionally making sure that uh, locals are in key roles for, uh, of all things, the Formula E event in Portland because that's going to be a FIA rules event. It's part of another world championship. And some of those skills transfer, you know, same flags, and we expect to respond to cars. It just there are a few extra procedures for an all-electric series.
0: Sure, sure, you know, and um, and then there's obviously Vegas we're talking about, and um, absolutely, you know, we don't have in many cases yeah. a huge um, roster of flaggers out here anymore, um, and it's the same problems with all. Regions. I'm guessing I'm sure there are some that are highly subscribed. Um, I just looked at the uh, I just looked at the rundown from um, of the flaggers for the June sprints, the entry list for the flaggers. And there's 40 of them. But there's a ton of them that aren't from Chicago or Milwaukee region. So people are traveling a long ways to come to that race. Um, because it's the June sprints, obviously, and, um, it is in one of the most amazing areas of the country to go do a race. Although June in, in, in the Kettle Moraine forest can be blistering awful humidity and hot, but we do it anyway. Not as bad hey, as August, course. right? Don't
2: please, Brian, please don't jinx us, Brian, with that, you <laughs> know, and everything because we've had the years where, you know, um, Lake Winnebago has turned it into a nice icy, cold, sure. rainy weekend. Hey, we, so please don't. Whatever you do to to un-jink stuff, please do that. I would. We would all greatly appreciate that. We would love look, that. I mean, would love even
1: if you're going to melt on a given yeah. year down there, you know, I still remember the first time uh, I was on track going down the back straight uh, past the kink there, and it was, it was like a cathedral of trees. Back oh, it's there, it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's it's gorgeous.
0: Yeah. I mean, we yeah. we qualified in the Memorial Day or the May National once. In Spec Racer, no, actually, I'm sorry, I'm old. In Sports (laughs) Renault in a snowstorm. So the Mm -hmm. weather can be, we always used to say, if you don't like the weather, wait an hour. Um, There's been
2: an IndyCar race canceled in the summer because of um, snow at Road America. Sleet, Um, snow. As crazy as it sounds. But the great thing, too, is that we love people coming to our area and working. Sure. Um, We'll try to come. I mean, the great thing is with us right now, that June Sprints is the weekend after IndyCar there. Yeah. So if people really want to make a vacation time in the Midwest, it is an awesome time to do that. I know I'm doing a little recruiting right now and everything,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but um, I mean,
2: it's great. And then actually the weekend after that, uh, we have NASCAR in downtown Chicago. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a lot to do around here too. So I'm, I'm, people are always like, I want to try to come to road America and do the things like, come on out. Yeah. We will, we would love to have you.
0: So, um, so where do we want to go with this next? Um, if people are just sitting at home thinking about they come to the racetrack, maybe they're a, a crew member. Um, maybe they're, they do track night in America or solo. Um, and they want to just get started where, you know, sh- show up at a regional race weekend or even a national race weekend, an SCCA weekend. We don't really turn anybody away anymore who doesn't have a national license or a divisional license at our at our SCCA events. There used to be a day when you couldn't go to a national without at least a divisional license. Remember those days, Dave?
1: No, that was before. You know, I got started late in this sport. Okay. I, I was in my mid-30s when I joined SCCA. Okay. So okay. you got to,
0: yeah. Yeah, you got to go back a, a, a bit of a, a ways, but used to be, you know, especially for like the June sprints, you know, you would you would they would be turning people away to go work these events. We don't have those. We don't have that luxury anymore. Um,
2: we used to also have five people at Six Flags or something, too. You know, yeah. so you'd see the old pictures and you see like an entire swarm up on the hill of. Position where they're all looking down, right. you know, Yeah. so.
0: So but get out there. You know, start with your training program at your local track at your local race weekends, and then um, and then you'll get to proceed up from there. Um, you know, I would recommend if you want to go work an F1 race, you know, go find an IndyCar race. That's a great place to get some experience or an IMSA race, um, and all of that. And 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 you know, you'll probably want to put together a bit of a resume of what you've done to show to whoever you need to get the permissions from, and. Um, Uh, that's the easiest way. I remember the first time I wanted to do, uh, to do an IndyCar race, I had to get a hold of this guy Drennan, um, and, uh, and ask him to, to write me a letter. And, uh, he actually picked up the phone and called (laughs) and, uh, and got me in to my first IndyCar race. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's getting people out there, get on the corners, show that you know what you're doing, and then you get to go have fun. So
1: hey, I'm trying to remember. I, I I don't even remember if the Le Mans form asks you for uh, the resume. I think it does.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's, it's still it, um, customary
1: for many F1s to uh, yes, yeah, say tell me in the last you know several years what races have you worked, how many, right? What top level races have you done? Exactly. And, uh, and we factor that in when we we evaluate a candidate. We don't already know.
0: Sure.
2: We actually even do that for here incentive for the pro events too, because it also helps you figure out where someone's good, their experience and stuff too. Um, the Lamar form is actually all digital now, so like I said, I had applied, I had gotten accepted, but as you say, with having to fly out there and everything too, and money, it's all on our own, and just things just decide not to work out. Sure. Um, and but yes, they still ask for your experience, and you know, how many times have you done Lamar? Have you ever done you know all these other things too? So a great cheat for figuring out your what you've done too is your worker incentive VIP um, login. Sure. Copy and paste that because that will have your dates and your events too of everything you've worked to. How many days have you done in a year? You know, did you do IndyCar? Did you do this? Because you know, with Seca and being with the under the insurance too, you'll get credit and things like that right. too. So you put that in there, and that is a great thing. And you could keep a like keep it in a. The cloud document too, so you can just constantly add on it to it, sure. And then you can look back and say, "Oh yeah, I did this and everything too." And you can have the little stories remember too and everything.
0: So, so we've been talking about Le Mans, We've been talking about Formula One uh, mostly here in North America. Um, the process is the same. Let's say you want to go do WCE in Dubai, or maybe Monaco, or or Australia. I mean, this is a ticket. If you like to travel and you can afford to do so, you could travel the world and go racing, right? Pretty much.
1: Yeah. Um, there, there are a couple that are special cases, Monaco being one of them. Sure. Uh, but no, uh, uh, events of this, this sort uh, expect and welcome a number of visiting marshals. Right. And uh, the U.S. is certainly... Uh, you know, one of the larger sources of them so uh, and, and I yeah there and, and you'll find that uh, what the organizers provide varies widely um, and maybe uh, you know in a future show we should we should hook you up with uh the uh, the uh, Bob Duncan Don Housen show because they really <laughs> have have been making the tour right in recent years.
0: and and I would think if you went to one of the other WEC events that that would be a good foot in the door to go to Lamont, right to do one of the kind of lesser premier events um if you if you're in in you know germany yeah or... certainly yeah um, yeah a sebring you know
1: for oh, the, yeah. the last several years we've we've had a whack there i i don't think they'll be back uh, but <laughs> yeah. well
2: so they're going they're going to coda and everything but no i mean it's great too because you also have we have international marshals that come over here and so you meet people that are like your connections and friends and so like people that we've met that dave and myself know i'm not going to name names because we don't want to get them too popular um um like have been our connections to like how I said before I've done the Nürburgring 24 hours okay I mean that that is an event when I did it they had 220 cars I mean it it that's a whole I mean that's that's taking Le Mans and then like adding I don't know just a party to it to the to like Sebring level um our porta potty disappeared in the middle night and came back (laughs) um but yeah, I mean, you could take it there. And then also just getting to know these people and two or just saying even um, flag marshals of the world is a great resource. It's a great community and people saying, hey, I'm like doing this trip. I would love to come out and work there. And people would normally jump on it and say, this is what you need. Come on out. You know, if, it, if it's acceptable F1, sometimes in other countries, it is a little harder to get in because you do not want to also push out locals from their own f1 grand prix and some people get a little peeved about that if that happens but normally in the cases that they'll try to bend over backwards to get you in if you meet their levels and you are also personable and everything too and like i say so sometimes the joke is don't be an american like how like american tourists are you know have a reputation and things too just be humble be willing to learn right um and just you know Saying, well, we do it this way in our country and things and stuff, and it's like, no, no, no. You're in their country, you can say the way that we do things and just how I'm used to it. Um, I actually did a printout of all our hand signals when I did the trip there, and they loved it. Mm. Um, even in the UK, people loved it. They're like, well, a, it's hilarious, especially how we do things. But I, re- I said I'm probably going to be looking like I'm having a seizure or something, just <laughs> you know, just <laughs> out of automated automatic response and everything and here's a a cheat sheet and actually i actually got some people to actually learn on it and some of them were actually still doing like we're doing it um i don't think it got picked up by the greater community but you know so there are some things that you can do um or you play the joke of where you have a little piece of yellow tape and you say this blue flag is not right give me one second you turn around you put a yellow piece of tape on the blue flag say (laughs) now it's right you know
0: (laughs) So, Did you teach I them mean, they, the, the international signal for how to order a ham sandwich?
2: I don't I, that one. I do not know. Well,
0: I, I'll, <laughs> when, when I see it at the at the runoffs next year, ask me to demonstrate that for you. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> that will be a good one. And I think you've got a, another eight or nine years before the next rev of the specialty manual. So yeah, you've got some time to make that one go viral. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Um, so. You know, I mean, in the US, a lot of the foreign marshals will focus on events of uh, you know in the same series or at least of that caliber. So uh, you know f1 obviously is is uh, very heavily subscribed these days, but if you can get in there, you'll meet a lot of folks from other places. Sure. Sebring is always popular. Daytona, Long Beach, petite, uh, petite is, is a biggie. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause it he usually has that a big of racing, especially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. So, uh, Good stuff. All right. We've got a few minutes left here. Let's go back to story time. Um, give us another, another fun, fun story from either formula one or Lamar, uh, that you can, that you can tell. And remember it's just the three of us here. So no one else is watching. Um, <laughs> What uh, g- give give us something? I'm sorry,
1: I'm swore to silence <laughs> on uh, on a lot of them, and, and no one should be surprised that usually they involve. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll give one. I'll, or...
2: How about this? I'll give one that's like not going to get anyone in trouble and stuff, and <laughs> it's actually a little bit about the culture and the experience of Le Mans. because on the Fridays though this year I guess they changed it a bit. They're, they're doing a support race on Friday, yeah. But normally on Fridays nothing happens at the track. Everything happens in town or the crews are working on their stuff and things or there's like kind of like people cruising around with their things and there's little car shows and all this. stuff. I mean, it's real. It's just it, you just have to go. I mean, people who don't even like racing, you should go. Um, National Geographic actually said it is the best sporting event in the world. They actually deemed it that. So that's nice. saying something. Um, so yeah, we we went into town for, uh, we take the tram into town for the parade. The parade looks like, you know, at the end of world war II, where people are in the different levels and hanging out their windows and watching all the stuff and confetti and colors. And cool. you have the Dutch fans doing the orange smoke because they've always been doing that. Um, the, I mean, there's a contingent in from the Dutch that are called drinking for Holland. So, you know, that there's, um, <laughs> There's a good, good contingent. So the last time I went, Patrick Dempsey was racing with um, Patrick Long and someone else in the one of the Porsche GT um, right. GT RSRs. And we're I'm sitting out with a few marshals. We had, you know, enjoyed some drinks and food and everything. And I think we were having ice cream at this point. It's kind of towards the end. And we just hear, Patrick, Patrick. <laughs> you know, you just hear it in the distance. And you see Patrick Dempsey and Patrick Long running in their driver gear you try to go to the parking garage, and then you see the the stampede of women <laughs> on after. And we're just like, we're just kind of laughing. We're like, do we help them? No, no let just enjoy our ice cream and everything. No. I mean, no. it's amazing how the French love Grey's Anatomy over there. You wouldn't think it, but they did. Um, oh, you have to know the Corvette guy. Get to know the Corvette team over there. They have a tradition. Um, when it's lunch, they have a little contraption that they built out of multiple train horns that's attached to air and they'll go out in the middle of pit lane and blow this thing <laughs> multiple times and then scream lunch time. You know, the Americans have a presence there. So, right. um, you know, I mean it, 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 there's, there's, there's just so many. And like I said, there are some things that you are sworn to secrecy. Um, but I've, <laughs> like the first time I went we like um I don't know Dave if your turn did it but our turn did the toast and like in in the beginning of the day and I was very taken aback by that my first year I actually did not do it um I try to say it's like it's I'm not trying to insult it's just for me and that just before race is just not something I do
1: it, it's and ours that it immediately follows the briefing about uh, do not drink okay do not drink. yes and now exactly exactly and,
0: now yeah. <laughs> and that toast I'm assuming was champagne. And some sort of baguette?
1: <laughs> um, Ours was Ricard, actually.
0: Okay. Yeah, I,
1: uh, I've forgotten what we toasted with. I think it was a brandy. I mean, nice. we're in yeah. France, so, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As, as one does. As yeah. one does. You know, one in when in France, we do what we do in France, right? Yeah. And, uh, so. the, 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 it's a lovely place. And, you know,
1: that bakery down in Mulsanne is, uh, we would go there every morning, too, because, you know, See, the, the yeah. breakfast full was that coffee and, and uh, two pastries and... Uh, Yeah, I I have never figured out how I actually managed to lose weight over the weekend. Because you're walking so much, right? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. There's a lot of standing in place, you know, with the flag. That's that's true. kind of the same as this. Yeah, okay. Or if you miss
2: the last bus to Mulsanne and you're at the tram point that's at Tête Rouge um, and your phone decides not to connect anyone and you might have to... Walk it a few times like I did, or yeah. it's just like you're just stubborn. I'm like, well, I'm going to just walk this anyways. You know, I need to get tired and everything. And, you know, so it's there. But, um,
1: I'll say I mean, that, I, yeah. I, yeah. I go ahead, Dave. No, I, I, the thing that, one thing that surprised me the first time was uh, just how hard it was to get to sleep because we camp right behind the post. I right. mean, it's probably less than, you know, 100 and, hundred to 120 meters from the downstream post so if you're on the Mulsanne, and probably it's the same everywhere you've got these thundering motors <laughs> roaring around constantly and you're trying to get some some shut eye and it so like I a would lullaby actually to me and yeah, you know it was a, a lullaby for me too yeah. I, I yeah. slept great it, it's like the infield at Daytona you know yeah. except where the noise is 360 I I needed um, I eventually ended up putting in my ear molds for driving and plugging them into my iPhone. So they would block out the sound. Okay. But I would hear my alarm go off. Nice. So. Yeah. Nice. Um, but
2: no, but like when a safety car happened, you're up. Because you're like, you hey, know, the sound is something stopped.
1: is different. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Something is different. And it's like, and I get out of my tent, they're like, is it shift time? They're like, no, you have like three more hours. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm not getting back to sleep or something. <laughs> and that and, and that's the thing, too, is like how you made a comment about not sleeping um like for endurance races you have to sleep you have to rest um there's people who like you know you just don't want to you want to follow it all you have to um you've already done this for multiple days you're you're tired you're more tired than you realize just from the travel you know the the seeing friends you know just the experience of just trying to acclimate yourself to the time even um but You just, you have to be sharp. You have to do all these things. There's stuff you're going to miss, but you get up and they say, what's been going on? And they'll try to explain to you. My first year, it's like, what's been going on? Half the Peugeot's have blown up. Really? Okay. That was uh, interesting, especially since they were kicking the Audi's butts that year. You know, they were going pop, pop, pop. And you're like, oh, the race is over. You know, almost. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's just, that's even at Petit, get a rest. You know, Sebring, you know, get your rest. Um, you know, you can still party hard. You can do that stuff too, but you know, just be smart and sensible about your things too. Um, so that—that's the one thing I will always say for any newbie. Um, I actually had someone I like to kind of call her my apprentice right now. Um, she's kind of defected a little bit and gone to tech for IMSA and stuff, but you know, she's you know doing all these great things. But I'm like, okay, we have to get rest. You know, we have to get sleep. Or like, do you have downtimes, get off your feet for a moment. You know, take right. your shoes off, let your feet breathe. You know, all these things, Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's stuff that you don't think about because you're just in the moment and you want yeah. to experience yeah. the moment. And it's, it, it feels like a withdrawal because you're being like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't <laughs> want to do this. You're like the little kid. It's like, you're being told by your parents, go to sleep, you know? Um, So that, that is stuff with endurance racing and just a
0: big weekend
1: yeah.
2: that you have to yeah. do. Even F1, you're up there, you're up so early Um, you know, getting that downtime and that rest is important. So,
0: yeah, it's, it reminds me of my first, uh, uh, 24 hour race as a crew member. I had this crazy idea that after the race was over, uh, you know, I can get another three, four hours down the road, court closer to home. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I got about an hour and a half out of, out of Moroso. And I was like, I got to find a hotel because I am dead. Um,
2: I I, I think an endurance race at Moroso would be hard enough, you know, just because, it's Moroso. Yeah,
0: so, but uh, yeah, that, uh, you, you don't think about it. So you, you might not sleep the first time you go to Lama, but you'll sleep the second time. <laughs> yeah. You won't make I that, mean, you, that mistake you'll, you'll twice. Sleep.
2: You're, if, you're, if your post captain's good enough and they see you're not doing it, then right. so, someone will probably step in and make sure you sleep and yeah. stuff. Um, you know, it's just what it is. I mean, even at Nürburgring, you know, my sleep was more of I'm freezing because it got to about four degrees Celsius because the cloud cover broke and right. we're in the mountains. So that was more of I'm trying to sleep, and I am freezing here, even with Wait a, a center. You're from Chicago. <laughs> I don't do cold great, and I, it's, it's, it's feet, it's feet and hands. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Um, but, Actually, you know, it says, you've you brought up you know, something. Out. We
0: should wrap on this because this is the one thing I didn't ask. Do you have to take your own tents? How do you? What, what is the system for what you have to do to sleep? What do you bring with you?
2: Um, for myself, I tented. I, I mean, I brought my tent with me everywhere. I had a tent, sleeping bag, all that sort of things, uh, your mattress. But there are different methods. Like I said, each post is different. Some posts are actually on pavement. Oh. So you're kind of restricted. And, like, some posts you're actually camping in someone's front yard, mm. you know, and certain things. But um, there's others who will, like, have a camper rental where it'll be delivered to them okay stuff too um i actually would love to do that next time so i don't have to bring a tent and other things too um you kind of try to ask your uh, post you know kind of what arrangements you make and what sure. you're doing um some people i know sleep in their rental you know if they even have a rental um for me last time i didn't have a rental i flew in took the tgv right to leman and took the tram and then got picked up yeah. you know so i don't know dave what you did i sleep in the rental i mean
1: some posts uh, most posts will have some sort of uh, friendly local who might be willing to store some uh minor items if you're going to be back year after year and some posts are just so well organized they have an annual storage uh you know you know they've mm-hmm. got a connex box or something or other that that they stow but uh, for the most part you you bring your own stuff and this year i was prepared to head over to, you know, Leroy Merlin or something and and pick up a tent and and just use that for the duration. Uh, You do find out there are some things which they just don't have over there. Uh, For me, that included, um, they don't really sell effective bug repellent in France. (laughs) Apparently, they're they're just um, thick-skinned about mosquitoes. So I always bring my own uh, because you you can't find anything that isn't, uh, uh, you know, wishful at best. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the other thing, when we, when we had these, it, you know, you're talking about a lot of marshals, and in most cases, uh, well, I can't say most cases. It's going to depend on the post. You're lucky if you're near an industrialized area where you might actually have a commercial establishment with flushes. But for the most part, mine is in the middle of a pulpwood forest next to the fellow that owns it. And uh, they just plunked down... Two Portageons for us, and that's it for a bazillion Marshals. So, uh, yep. Fabrice, Fabrice was was a big win. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> or it. like for my post, like the shower, we actually went to like the local school or something. It wasn't right there. Or like when they put showers at the spectator area, that's across in Mulsanne,
0: right? You know, right.
2: I made my way over there and stuff. That's not normally where we're supposed to go, but I'm like, I need a shower. And, you know, the thing is, too, is also with, like, the 2 Portageons, you have to think about, you know, um, the other gender and everything there, too, because they don't empty them half of the time. <laughs> oh, or, like, I maybe they'll do it before race day. So, you're only using it for number two if you're a dude. Otherwise, you're going in the woods. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's... Each post is different, like we said. right um, Some of them are, like, I don't think they're going to, like, letting you piss all over the kart track if you're in the head <laughs> sector. Um <laughs> You know, I'm sure there's like, oh, I'm I'm I new here. That I don't know what to do. You know,
0: but, well, um, as yeah, I so tell like, every flagger here in the states, even I, I don't go to a racetrack without toilet paper in my in my thing. Because yeah, so, I, I I first of all, the stuff they put in a porta john's just way too thin. Let's just start with that. Um, but nonetheless, um, yeah, I always uh, carry a roll or two, and uh, and I'm always happy to hand out one roll. But if I've already handed out one roll, you're screwed because I'm not giving up the second one.
2: So, Brian, you mind if I interject here one second because I know we're almost done here. But, um, Dave, you'll love this, too, because our lovely friend Ian, our Scottish friend Ian, uh, we were all in our martial gear at the um, like the main campus, like the vendors area down down at the pits area during one of the off times we had. And there's a TV crew out there. And asking us Marshalls, like, if you have recommendations, what should someone bring and everything else too? And Ian looks this is during the broadcast, mind you. Like earlier in the week. It's like this is like this made it. I've been trying to find this again because I had it at one point and I lost it. He looks dead straight in the camera, goes, Toilet paper. Bring toilet paper. The stuff they have here, it's like sandpaper and everything. Yeah. I mean, Dave, Dave knows Ian pretty well too. And I mean, he's here. In the I mean, come screen. on, you know, that, that's rule number one of Boy Scout camping. Yeah.
1: It's TP. Yeah. That, that's first on the list. So
2: so yep. if you can bring it. And now I don't know what the rules are for customs and things, too. Now with, you
1: know, other you know, things, you'll but. have room because you can provision everything else there. I mean, yeah. until you've been to a French supermarket, it will redefine your expectations of, you know, what a two buck chuck aisle ought to look like.
0: Oh, yeah. yes. yeah Yes. Yeah. You should yeah. not bring any food with you because in France, the food is pretty spectacular.
1: Oh, oh yeah.
2: It's like you're what you want to bring it back with you, and yet right. you can't with a lot of stuff. I mean, right, right.
0: You know, gentlemen, thank you. This has been a ton of fun. Um, hopefully next year, maybe we can do this w- when you're at Lama and uh, I'll, I'll find a way to do the timing better so that the people who are at Lama can actually jump in. I'll, I'll make an exception and change the timing. Um, uh, this was just too last minute for me to to move things around. But uh, I want to thank uh, Trevor and Kiki for trying to help us and, uh, and be in there. Uh, but uh, that was, this was a fun conversation and it's a good, uh, a good reminder for folks as to, you know, why um, we do a lot of the things we do here in the SCCA, as far as training goes, because uh, it sets us up to be able to go on these crazy, awesome adventures and, and have a ton of fun with it. So
1: look for the new learning management system. That will yes. be coming out. that Yep.
0: Yep. Absolutely. All right. Dave Sue, Chris Bacola. Thank you so much. We will, uh, we will get out of here. Absolutely. We'll get out of here. Thank you. It was a uh, pleasure. This is uh, another episode of Inside the SCCA. Uh, if you like what you are seeing and watching, uh, come here and do it again by subscribing to the uh, Inside the SCCA uh, podcast on the Racing Wire podcast network. Also on the Racing Network on YouTube. Uh, hit subscribe. Hit like. All that other fun stuff. We have new episodes live every Wednesday evening. And then we have the replay on Friday on the podcast channel. We do this all over every week. I'm Brian Belansky. You guys have yourself a great week. Go out, have fun, stay safe, and go play with cars.
2: Hi, I'm Kelton Jago, and this is Inside the SCCA.
0: Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests, and not that of the SECA.